UK Tech Weekly podcast. Emerging from a lengthy two-week hiatus with little more than a hangover from all the tech news we've been ingesting, it's time to regurgitate that news like a big mama bird into bite-sized audio chunks for you to swallow whole. <laughs> Joining me are three editors from Computer World, Macworld and Tech Advisor, Ian, Scott, David and Chris. Hello, lads. Hello. Hello. Let's get chatty. Scott, you completely blindsided me by changing your topic at the last moment. Thanks for that. So what is new? Yeah, I didn't want to talk about Spotify because okay. it's quite boring. I mean, they're, they're doing an IPO and they're launching a voice service and that's about it. Really. So you are actually now talking about Spotify. Well, that's it. I'm just, I'm giving the people the news. <laughs> by demanding the Spotify news. He's uh, actually printed it out. Well, it, what I'm actually going to talk about is the most Silicon Valley story I've come across in a long time. Okay. So there's a startup. Um, in the valley which is launching a service um, and the service is that you can upload your brain so all of your memories to the cloud um, which sounds great doesn't it but there's a catch in that's the... impossible well there's that um, and then it's also going to cost you 10 grand um, and you also have to die <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you put it like that I think that's a hard no <laughs> so the company is called Nectome um, and it is legit. I mean, it's it's a pair of MIT AI researchers, and they've been trialing this on rabbits and pigs for the last two years successfully. What, what have they been thinking about? I don't know. Food, carrots, <laughs> other um, pigs. What and... happens to their iTunes libraries? <laughs> so now um, they are looking to roll this out to humans, and the sort of humans that would be interested in a service like this tend to be people that live in Silicon Valley. How does a pig get ten grand? <laughs> it's probably paid for by somebody else, a rich benefactor. Probably people like Peter Thiel, right? It would be pe- people audience. like Peter Thiel. Which did is... he get to keep the pig's blood after it was dead? <laughs> and in what? And in, didn't he have like a blood? Anyway, yeah, he likes young people's blood. Yeah, that's young right. pig's blood. Blood. Anyway, this is going swimmingly. Uh, okay, so it's a natural thing. People yeah, it's a natural can thing. Sign up to. Yep. So they are going to be trying to launch this um, for humans. They said that it's not going to be viable until 2021, and that is if it is even legal. But they say it probably is legal in states where euthanasia and the right to die with dignity is legal, because they're going to try and fold it into that. So is it aimed at people who are dying already? Are they are they trying to fold euthanasia into it as a as a selling point? I'm guessing so. I'm guessing you don't want to sign off on being killed unless you're ready to die. <laughs> this is such a strange conversation. So what is it for the sake of saving your memories? Yeah, it's it's a real sort of techno utopian thing yeah. where people like the idea of being able to upload their consciousness into a computer and sort of live forever as a machine. Um, yeah. I think that's basically the theme of Altered what, Carbon, which is on Netflix at the moment. Right. Go on, Chris. Well, what happens to... You, you're not actually alive. No. You're dead. Yeah. Your memories are stored somewhere. Yeah. And then what do, does somebody else get to do anything with them? Is it like, yeah. Is it like iTunes? Can you like pay 99p for a memory? They haven't really gone into too much detail about <laughs> right. what living because in the there's cloud no business model. Like. There was an interesting tweet from Susan Fowler, the um, ex-Uber uh, uh, engineer who now works at Stripe. Oh, yeah. Um, she wrote a tweet saying, I know way too much about distributed computing systems to ever sign off on something like this because, as she put it, um, what will happen is where your memories are stored, those instances will go down and so then you'll spin up new instances and your memories will basically become very fragmented across a load of machines. Um, so your right. memories will kind of float around in the digital ether and be 
wildly fragmented, which sounds horrible, especially <laughs> if there's any sort of consciousness there, because you're basically just going to be a bunch of separate memories all sitting on different computers. I think Chris is right, though, because even if there is a consciousness, it won't be your consciousness. It'll be a, no. a new consciousness created that's identical to yours in every way. Yeah. I, I it's just a very expensive cloud storage option. For which you can't human use you're dead. Yeah. Um, and they'll probably delete it after 10 years. Probably. In small print. Yeah. They won't be able to read it anymore. It'll be in, a, in the wrong format. Um, yeah. Do you want to know how it actually works? Dot memory. Yep, I do. Dot mem. Um, <laughs> so what they do, and this is, it gets a bit gory, um, but what they actually do is they, um, and they've made up a term, obviously, for this, and it's called vitrifixed for your brain. What? How do you um, spell that? V-I-T-R-I-F-I-X-E-D. Okay, that's a literally made up uh, word. What does it uh, do? Yeah, they've literally it sounds like a bottle of water. It does. <laughs> with electrolytes. Vitrifex. Um so kind of how do they do it? So they um <laughs> Are you reading this for the first time? You know, no, second they really time. haven't thought this through, have they? Do they do they just they take you in a room and then they say it's done, but really they've just put you in a blender or something. <laughs> well they so they inject a load they remove the blood from your brain and inject a load of preser- preserving chemicals. Which right. basically turns your brain into glass. That actually sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, My brain now is glass. <laughs> so and then yeah, and they kind of upload all of your memories from there into a cloud um, storage. Yeah, but yeah, but that, how? <laughs> yeah, is it? You, it's no. very sci-fi. Isn't They've it? yadda 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 the important bit. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's bollocks. What's the, how does it? How does it work? I don't get it. That that's how it works. <laughs> You their PR or something? Uh, no. What's I mean, the actual the process? How does it work? That's, so that's literally... That's what they say. That's all yeah, the information. That's what they say. And they, they've, that's, that's what they say. And they've also made up a funky word for it. So, right. you know, give so us your money. Do, do they need funding? Why is this in the news at the moment? So they've moved into Y Combinator, which is a um, famous Silicon Valley um, yep. startup accelerator. Dropbox and stuff have gone through there. Um, and they're, um, the founder of Y Combinator is Sam Altman the 32-year-old um, Stanford dropout who has invested in many of the biggest sort of tech companies. Um, and he has uh, signed up for this service. So he's on the wait list. Um, so when he's ready, he will take them up on the offer of being killed and uploading all of his memories into the cloud. You necessarily have to be killed. He's only 32, though, first? so I'm guessing he's not going to do it for a few years. Can you die first, or do you, this process actually have you, to kill you? So the process actually kills you. Oh, I don't like that. Because it removes all the blood from your brain and replaces it with glass. But if you if you had died, could you three, hour, three you hours before they rush nope. you in? Nope, nope. It's <laughs> brilliant. It literally the the process literally kills you, and that's the only way to do it. This is not nice. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It doesn't sound nice. Um. But yeah, so the thing is, though, this isn't actually the worst uh, pitch I've heard for a start. (laughs) Is it not? It kills you. It doesn't work, and it's incredibly expensive. (laughs) But we've heard worse. Yeah, and we've killed loads of rabbits and pigs trying it out. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible, actually, isn't it? Yeah, that's the most worrying thing for me. Yeah, glass brain, dead pigs. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. the glass thing. I keep coming back to that. That is. It's cool though. It's metal. (laughs) That really is. It's definitely. I mean, it's definitely. It's glass. What? (laughs) Nice. Metal in the sense is, you know, that's metal. Like having, I don't know, fire inside your eyes or whatever. You know, that is metal. I thought you were just getting confused about materials. (laughs) I do that a lot, don't I? Glass, no, that's metal. (sighs) Uh, 
I don't think I'm going to sign up for this. So are you I'm, not in? I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm not You're in. Out. Are we? Are we at the question phase already? It's. It. It, it has to be vitrofixed or vitrofixed or vitrofix. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's no, but fix. hold before we get to before we get to the clever, the clever questions. The question for me is: This is an interesting concept. If you can remove the bit about it not working and a bit about it killing you, so if you get to the point where they could just like, is there any even potential for this same process if tweaked, if you know improved, iterated? Are they going to get to the point where it doesn't kill you, where they can just lift the memories out and it's just like a backup? Well, they, then... I mean, what they've what they've created is a process of which you basically inject the brain with these chemicals, which preserve the structure of the brain and can um, basically take away the memories and stuff from it. Yeah, but, but also you can't replace the chemicals in your brain while staying so alive. Really so I don't think they're... fundamental to the process, though. Yeah, I don't think the way that they are doing it will be able to be done on a living person. Absolute madness. I suppose this is like uh, another example of um, techie nerds being influenced by sci-fi because yeah. this is quite like verging on that Black Mirror episode where her boy- boyfriend one. dies so then she gets an android of him and it's really weird. Yeah, it reminds me um, of the Christmas one where um, he kind of gets locked. He, I don't know. He's uploaded his memories into... Um, and then he's in that lodge with um, John Hamm. Oh, yeah. And then he gets trapped there. Um, yeah, it's quite like that. And also, I mean, it's, it's kind of a bit Blade Runner, isn't it? Like, so yeah. they talk about, oh, it's, inje- it's injected memories or whatever. Like, yeah. is this... I guess the key here is I guess the key here is that um, they have to do it on a human before we know what the hell it looks like. Yeah, I think they should do it on themselves. (laughs) (laughs) See if it works. Yeah, one of them should. They should sacrifice themselves to their cause for their for their science. If you could do it in a way that doesn't kill you, then it could be helpful. What's the disease where you basically yeah? If people with dementia, it could be really helpful in that kind of sense. So there's a, there's a possible nice... And there's a broader, the, um, and a broader concept of off, offloading what's in your brain into separate storage then would allow your brain to work quicker and it would allow you to have more knowledge. If, if yeah. we could have sort of a USB stick brain in you know, like, storage expansion, that sort of concept is, is yeah. a relevant one. But Yeah, yeah Altman, Sam Altman's kind of pithy line about it was just, I assume that my brain will be uploaded to the cloud at some point. So he sounds like a jerk. Yeah, I mean, he's a 32 year old billionaire who lives in Silicon Valley. So. I'm kind of happy with Google Photos. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, is that enough? That is basically my Google memories Photos really in good. the cloud. So. It doesn't give so. you a glass brain. Though. No, no. no. Um, I'm all right with that. <laughs> but yeah, as you were saying, I mean, it does sound like it's it's kind of interesting research for Alzheimer's. But there yeah, is if still they do that, something good like that. Then, there is still the massive yeah. problem that it kills you. Yeah, they might have to get over that. <laughs> Well, I think we've spent enough time on yeah, we have. vitrification. Okay, so uh, maybe rather than asking a dumb rhyming question that I can't think of, um, do you think this will legitimately turn into a business or is this going to flop? It's going to flop. It's 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 a great story and it's a headline, but it's... Is it just a PR stunt? It's not a stunt because these guys are actual researchers and they've actually... They've actually killed animals. Yeah. Um, but, they, but the idea of it actually being a viable business is absolutely ridiculous. And there you have it. That was the glass brain section. Uh, coming up next, the glass phone section. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. If you don't want to die, uh, you might want to buy a new phone. Uh, <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. Gold. <laughs> I'm not got a lot to work with here. Um, yeah, so today, as we record, 16th of March, Chris, the best phone of the year so far is out. It's the Galaxy S9. You've used it. Yep. What's it like? Well, yeah, it is the best phone of the year so far, but that's not that hard. Except the <laughs> iPhone 10, obviously. That was last year. Well done. Yeah. Also, it is better than the iPhone 10 in some ways. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Cool. So it looks quite like the S8. Yeah. So for the discerning listener, what are the differences? Yeah, this is really, it doesn't really deserve the the new number. It's more uh, S8 S or yeah. 8.5 or whatever you want to call it because it's one of those ones where it's exactly the same design. Um, it is like a little bit smaller, and but, but yeah, it's the same design. They've moved the fingerprint scanner uh, to yep. where we wanted it on the S8. So it was next to the camera. So you had to reach across the camera and smudge it with your finger to get the fingerprint scanner. Now it's below the camera, so it looks a bit neater, easier to reach. Um, yep, and the bezels on the front are a tiny bit smaller. You you won't notice, like, unless you hold it side by side with an S8. Yeah, it's nice and to like, see Samsung steer well clear of um, what some Android manufacturers are. Yeah, seem to be doing and putting notches on their phones, um, aping the iPhone design. Yeah, basically, the, the, yeah, the S9 is either really great or it's really boring. Depends how you look at it. Like, they haven't gone down the route of just copying like the notch design. But if you've got an S8, it's not really that different. So yeah, it's the thing. Like we we review phones, so like for us, um, the word boring crops up because it looks like the last one. Like like most iPhones have done until uh, last year. But actually, for the consumer, it's still like a ridiculously futuristic-looking design. Still got a headphone jack. Yeah, interesting that Samsung's done that. Good for them. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah it's good. <laughs> it's it's Courage. good. That it's understandable to take what was already a very like you know almost perfect phone. Yeah. And not really do that much to it, but at the same time, then you're going to struggle to get S8 users to upgrade. Yeah. Because it's it's seven hundred and thirty nine pounds now, which is still a lot less than the iPhone 10, but it's still a lot of money. And really, the only improvements are the camera, which aren't isn't that much better. Um, well, it's, it's got it's, a variable aperture, right? Yeah. This that's the most interesting thing about the camera. It's not Samsung's tagline is all the camera reimagined, but it's not. It's just made a bit better. But obviously, yeah. that doesn't sound very good <laughs> on a billboard. Um, the marketing person at Samsung has just such massive cojones yeah. to keep calling it reimagined when they've really just kept doing the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's, it's the same phone, a little bit better. But yeah, it is. Really... <laughs> that's a less good tagline. <laughs> 
the the it's called it, they call it a dual aperture or whatever like um so it's it's a mechanical in part that yeah changes, if you right? don't know about photography aperture is just like how large your pupil is like in low light your pupil gets bigger to let more light in in uh when you when you go out in the sun your pupil gets smaller so that you can see properly yeah. basically yeah. The, why do your pupil get smaller when you take drugs uh don't know because you're <laughs> brain's turning into glass yeah <laughs> right. so i thought you so, might be clever so the good. phone <laughs> right. the the s9 and the s9 plus is the first phone to do this normally it'd be a fixed aperture so and over the last couple of years all they've been trying to do is get the lowest the, the widest aperture possible so that's actually a lower number so the s7 and the s8 were 1.7 yeah and i think huawei just beat that with the mate 10 pro 1.6 now the true s9 goes down to 1.5 which is like it's basically even lower than a lot of dslrs so like if you it, just went and bought one from curry's it'd probably only go down to like 2.4 or something and that's supposedly to just improve low light photography well it's to get yeah so it'll it'll automatically change between those two apertures based on the conditions so um if you walk into a really dark nightclub or whatever and want to take a selfie, no, not a selfie, it's on the rear, um, <laughs> yeah, all the time. a photo, <laughs> it'll open up the aperture to 1.5. Right. Whereas if you then walk outside and it's bright, it'll go up again. Yeah. Lot, you know, there's lots of lights everywhere. It'll go, it'll go to 2.4. Yeah. <laughs> so that's on both models, but for unlike yeah. the S8, the S9 Plus, uh, rather than just being larger, has got uh, two cameras. Yeah, so that's got the telephoto lens as well. For Zoom, yeah, rather than yeah, um, if, as, you, if you feel like you need that. As someone that's willfully ignorant of of, uh, of Android phones, you said the S8 is near perfect. Yeah, why? Why is that? It's just it's got like it's got everything in the form factor. It's thin, like it looks nice, but all of the specs are top end. Like there's, so, there's <clears throat> not, there's basically not really anything it doesn't have. So kind of under that consistent pressure on phone makers to keep pushing out new stuff mm. are they kind of saying okay we've we've nailed it with the s8 so we're not going to really reinvent the wheel here yeah i reckon basically that's pretty accurate because <laughs> um, um, if you think about it like a, a variable aperture camera as your lead for like a global smartphone release is actually like quite abstract yeah, yeah. i mean that is niche isn't it yeah. yeah so i mean like chris kind of mentioned like it will just sell anyway it's the default android phone for most people um, yeah. in the western world anyway um, and it's most. I have conversations with people who say, "Do you have an Do you have an iPhone or a Samsung?" Like people yeah, think yeah. it's Android, so yeah. they don't really need to try. No, yeah. no. Samsung's a hugely, hugely popular. That phone. is really the big innovation in hardware because it doesn't have a fingerprint scanner in the screen, which is what I and a lot of people thought would be the standard this year. Yep. Because companies like Goodex, who make these fingerprint scanners. We're showing them as at MWC last year. So, like mm-hmm. this time last year, they were saying they would be in phones in 2017, and that didn't happen. And there has been a couple of phones announced by, you know, Vivo did one. Yeah, basically unknown brands. Unknown um, in the West. Yeah, <laughs> Vivo here, huge in China. Here, nobody knows of these companies, but they want obviously Samsung to be doing that, but they're not yet. So that's a bit of a disappointment. And then the other thing about the S9 is. Well, the, like the big selling point is basically a copy of Apple's an emoji, which is called oh, yeah. AR emoji. And That's instead cool. of, um, you know, moving your mouth and it, and it being like an animal on screen, it's <clears throat> a, uh, an emoji of you. Yeah, and, I mean, this, <laughs> so is, what, like this a, actually 
So it looks like you, yeah, an avatar. Yeah. It looks so like you, a Wii thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Or, or more like the yeah. Microsoft one, actually. So you I take, mean, yeah, you take a photo of yourself and it, oh, yeah. it's, it basically creates it based on that photo. Exactly. So I was going to say it doesn't have the same smarts as the uh, the actual face tracking in the notch in the iPhone. Mm. It just, like Chris says, take a photo of yourself, right? And then it, you can't animate it no, live. You, you can. You can? Yeah. Well, it, creates, it looks rubbish. It creates 18 <laughs> GIFs of, like, your face that you can then just share and you don't need but to I mean move. like you know with the animation yeah. when you actually like move it in real time yeah, you it can, can do yeah. that oh, okay. you can record just like you do on the iPhone but it's rubbish yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> the GIFs look, are quite cool to terrifying. be because <laughs> then it just automatically adds them into the <clears> keyboard <throat> so you can just use them in Facebook Messenger or wherever doesn't mm-hmm. matter if they've got an S9 it's just a bit weird it's just a normal GIF if somebody was texting me and they used a GIF of the you know, of themselves or yeah. an emoji of themselves, I would just think. Why I'm sorry to say it, David, but you're not the target audience for this feature. <laughs> yeah, Bit Bitmoji is pretty huge, isn't it? So it's kind of like that. I yeah. don't know what that is. I'm it's, 38 it's, years old. It's the young fans. people, David. <laughs> you make avatars of yourself and, like, on the, on, on the internet. In, in it's these millennials. They're so self obsessed. They're self obsessed millennials. This is not a millennial liberals. thing. This is younger than millennials. Yeah. Oh, what, what is there that's younger than millennials? I don't know. Why are Fetuses. they gen? Gen something. Gen fetus. Yeah, the, the, the tracking, when you do want to like record a message to somebody as that emoji, um, the tracking is rubbish. It's just really glitchy, especially yeah. like the mouth. It just looks like you're having a fit yeah. and it doesn't, you just won't want I think the mouth it. isn't very good on... Um, right, uh, an emoji as well, but, it but more in just, the sense of being it doesn't just like it doesn't glitter, it no, doesn't it's just, just relatively like, un- yeah. inexpressive. Looks good on the advert, though, doesn't it? Does look great on the advert, yeah. Funny <laughs> that it's still, I mean, it's still good, yeah. Um, it generally, but the, I, I would say they focused on the sort of overall yeah. like, eyebrows and stuff like that, the face, um, yeah. but the mouth is not so good. So, apart from nicking features off Apple and um, putting a new camera on it, have they done anything else? There's a the purple color. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the does rim it, is now slightly different. Does the Wicked. purple colour have a funny name? Lilac, Lilac purple. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what would funny. Apple call yeah. it? No, Apple Apple don't do funny names. But Courage that, purple. I, I can't remember. Yeah, like, <laughs> is it them that did the Mystic Champagne? Oh that my was god! Huawei, oh, that's Huawei. Yeah. yeah, they did greenery as well. Greenery, and I got in trouble for mentioning greenery on the podcast. You, you, you had to cut it out because you said did it I? was um, under NDA. It was under a <laughs> greenery. Yeah. What an the exciting other, the, world we have. The, the only is. other kind of like, you know, USP that they're they're pushing out with the marketing is the super slow motion. Um, it's mega, isn't it? Like it, 960, it can do 960 right? frames per second, which Sony could already Sony do like do it, yeah. at least Sony year, don't sell any phones, at least a year so. ago. Um but <laughs> it was very difficult to use on the Xperia phones because you'd hit record, but you can only do the nine hundred and sixty frames per second for like a, really briefly. It can't just record that for like 30 mm. seconds. So you have to choose when that happens. And if you're trying to capture something that only happens very quickly, timing when to hit that button was very difficult. Um, so like when we when Sony demoed it to us, they had a guy on a skateboard covered in glitter doing a little kickflip. So you try and capture the glitter going everywhere, but everybody, nobody could hit it at the right time to actually get the right moment. But Samsung can just do it. It's got automatic um, recognition. So you, there's a box on the screen which you can move where you want. And then when it detects motion in that box, it kicks in automatically. It's great and idea. you can do 20 uh, slow motion clips within a, one video, oh, cool. which is quite cool. They're, um, the big thing with phones 
recently has been like AI, hasn't it? Like everyone bigging yeah. up their AI. Have they but added it, anything funky? I, I hate the term AI in this yeah. case because it, every manufacturer is doing anything. it. It's not yeah. artificial yeah. intelligence. I just it's just a couple it. of it's like, like, yeah, yeah. it's like saying machine learning. It doesn't. It's yeah. just rubbish. It's just software features, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, Samsung hasn't done that. Really. No. It's, no. just, it's just like, oh, please use Bixby instead of Google Assistant. Oh, yeah, so which, the S9 has a yeah. a button which you can't remap, which opens its yeah. Bixby Assistant. But it's not yeah. new. It's the same on the S8. Yeah. They've just made Bixby a little bit better with like uh, live translations on the camera. Um, but but that's, yeah, like, yeah, you can already do that with Google. So I think that particular new. button, I know it's, I'm getting into the weeds a little bit, but that's the least Apple thing Samsung's done for ages. Mm. Apple would never put... A hardware button on its phone that you can yeah. switch on and off because you can you can disable it so it basically if you walk around with an s8 and you don't want to be continuously accidentally opening the yeah. assistant you just turn it off it's just a useless button it's yeah. very weird but um shows that they're serious about integrating it into their platform because I, I, I would actually say that is quite apple you reckon because it's very controlling because yeah. they're saying we want you to use yeah. our presumably inferior voice assistant it's rather than not. Google Assistant. <laughs> yeah. So they've said, well, you've got this button. That's all you can use it for. Mm. That's really yeah. Apple. Because <laughs> when the S8 came out with that button, <laughs> there was an app that you could download that let you remap it to do whatever you wanted. Yeah. And then like within a week, Samsung blocked it. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> like Because um, on the HTC uh, U11, it's a squeezable phone. But you can remap that to do whatever you want. So you yeah. could have it open Google Assistant, which is the default, but you could like do it to like open a new text or something. Um, and the Google Pixel, you can squeeze, but only to open Google Assistant. So yeah, it is, it is interesting adding uh, hardware features like that to drive people towards features they don't want to use. Uh, Galaxy or Fallacy? Galaxy. Yeah, you liked it? Yeah. Sweet. Scott? Uh, fallacy because <laughs> I'm never ever going to buy a Samsung phone crazy David it's, it's, I don't know I haven't tried it it sounds really good though I like, yeah, I like the does. sound of the super slow-mo yeah with the, you know, the trigger thing that sounds really clever uh, thank you we will be right back to uh, be grown ups and talk about porn in an age where our youngest and most vulnerable citizens have access to the internet through their phones and laptops, there are little national regulations to block certain content. Uh, so, David, reminding us all that the web is still pretty wild west, the UK government is trying to introduce age checks to porn sites. But this has been delayed. Uh, why is that? Um, because they're not really sure how to do it, basically. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been on the um, agenda for a long time. The interesting thing about this is that it's it, it derives from a manifesto pledge before the 2015 general election, which is the one before last, I suppose. Um, is that right? When was the last election? Pre-snap. Pre-snap election, you mean? Yeah, pre-snap election, yeah. Um, so they, they had this thing about we were going to protect uh, children on the internet. The Tories um, love talking about this. It's, it's just... It, <laughs> the Tories it, don't understand the internet. They, well, they, they don't. don't understand technology and they love talking about protecting yeah. young people from... It's, a, it's a free gift to them, yeah. for their base. Yeah. Their, their base are obsessed with that sort of thing. And it's so Theresa May. Yeah, absolutely. So this has been delayed in part because they were trying and still are trying to contract a private company to uh, regulate this, right? Well, um, I think that is part of it, but technically the delay is because the BBFC, uh, the British Board of Film Control, who have been brought in to do the um, the, well, the regulation side of it, right. and they they were only just confirmed in that role in sort of February, even though it's been touted for months and months. They still need time to do a consultation, but yeah, I I think part of the consultation will be who is the right person to get in to do the age verification software. 
and that is a that is that is the sort of the heart of the issue. That's the can of worms. Is are we going to give one private company all of this information about British citizens' um, most intimate browsing details, and then have that in one place where it can be hacked? Yeah, that is the honeypot of all honeypots. It really it? is. Yeah. It's the it's it's Ashley Madison cubed. You know, it, yeah. it's it, it would be devastating, and given the government's. Uh, record on IT projects. It's it's not so bad. It's not uh, reassuring. Um, so, so what? How? How? Well, I know this is actually possibly an impossible question to answer because they haven't selected the the person the company to do it yet. But what's the there idea? Is, there is a front runner. So, so the front runner is MindGeek, which also <laughs> happens to own uh, UPorn, Pornhub, and Redshift. Oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, wow. I find so it. I find it. Yeah. So it's completely not. That's in a bit their disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, the fact that yes, in fact, all the free porn sites on the web are actually basically owned by the same company to yeah. give you the illusion of sexy choice. Um, <laughs> there is nothing sexier than choice. That <laughs> <laughs> turns me on. But um, yeah, the fact that they would then be considered by our government a front runner to age check. Um, and yeah, because I don't. How would it work technologically? Because yeah, that's why I want. Usually, to it's at service provider level, right? So, like mobile providers and internet providers can either block certain content or age verify you as a service provider. Because I thought they that, were gonna they were gonna get the USPs. Uh, yeah, ISPs. ISPs. No, that that will still be there as a safety net beyond this. But the, mm-hmm. the whole principle of it, and you presumably they're trying to do this to avoid the costs being put onto the the, the public services is that the, the sites do it themselves. It's the onus is on them yeah. to provide age verification, which is why Pornhub or Pornhub's parent company are doing this, is because they need to do it themselves, and they are now presumably going to outsource it to other smaller mom-and-pop porn yeah. sites so then, uh, then, who don't have that technology. <laughs> <laughs> Good, hearty, family-owned porn sites. <laughs> what uh, would you imagine you'd have to probably provide a document, right? Because um, it's not well, yeah. one of those things we'd be, yeah, I'm 16. Or yeah, whatever. I assume it's going to be have a to little give... bit better than like booze websites where they just ask you what your yeah, age is. Yeah, I'm 18. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to like give driver's license or you know, passport number. Details, yeah. Yeah. Presumably there will be a universal account that you'll have an account that you can then log in with and you say yes it's me I, I have verified this somewhere else uh, it's now been established that is me and now here's me now logging in like like the iPlayer is it too much to in. ask for the government considering this is their idea to find a way to basically automate this because they all know how old you are because they have your like ID cards all over I don't again. think they I don't think they should have the information either mm. I, I think this is a fundamental the government know how old everyone is though yeah, but they don't yes. know what porn you watch though <laughs> No, but they can age verify you in theory. Right, yeah. No, but if, if you have to then type in... I don't see how you're seeing this in a way in which they can verify your age, but then somehow not get the information about the kind of pornography you're looking at. Mm. And that, I, in fact, I would rather Pornhub knows what porn I'm looking at than the government. Yeah. Because, you know... Because it can give Pornhub you recommended already videos. already probably knows. <laughs> and also they can, yeah, absolutely, they can tailor their, their uh, selection. Um <laughs> But I mean, it's 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 a fundamental problem that they don't respect privacy, and they don't they don't need to respect privacy because the people they're aiming this at are the home counties people who are you know getting into a lather over the Daily yeah, Mail saying you've got, got to protect the children, and they don't assume it will affect them. They think that um, well, I would you know I would never do that, um, but they don't realise that the exact same technologies could then be used to. Apply to all sorts of other things when the definition of what is obscene is expanded, yeah. which is a hugely political thing. Didn't think I'd say this, but in fairness to the government, 
what is the alternative to the current problem of children looking at porn and learning about sex in the completely wrong way? It's difficult, uh, and it is a problem. Um, and it, it, you know, it's been it's been proven in study after study that that kids looking at pornography, and you know, even see sixteen year olds, fifteen, sixteen year olds looking at pornography, it warps and shapes their view of sex into yep. adulthood, and it's a very serious thing. But this particular solution isn't, I think, the right one. Um, it's just a thing. It's just a matter of like modern scale, though, isn't it? Because back in the day, you would you, there would be porn mags being passed around at school or VHSs. So it's it's not a new problem. It's just the problem that it's true. that it's available in their pocket. It is. Yeah. It, it is. A, it's a easier difference access. In, it is a difference easy. in the scope. Yeah. That's yeah. The, um, it's because the scale, isn't it? when you when you yeah. move up to ten, and I'm you know trying not to deal with this in any more sort of. Um, flip away than I than I should um, is that when you go into technological solutions to it then it becomes much more tailored and it becomes much more niche and it becomes much more extreme yeah um, and the things that you would see in a, a magazine because it would be intended to be um, enjoyed by a large population yeah. they, it would be quite bland yeah you know which is yeah. a weird way of looking at it yeah, but compared to what they have now it would have been pretty pretty vanilla pretty yeah. mainstream and because before of course i mean it was just society just deemed that you, you couldn't get hold of it either because right you walk yeah. in, a child walks into like a vhs porn store they're not going to sell you anything are they yeah whereas now there's not even a, a cost it's just everything's free <laughs> yeah which is and actually the the, the pay for side of it is is relevant here actually because there is there is still believe it or not such a thing as paid for pornography that is still making money May, actually mainly because having listened to that podcast you suggested the John Ronson one it's very good um, is that Pornhub's model is largely built around directing people from its free porn to the paid for porn that it also owns yeah um, but the credit card companies will also be expected to um, to punish companies that don't do the age verification correctly so the idea is that you have to do the age verification yourself, but if you don't do it properly, then ISPs will be required to then do the uh, the blocking, and also credit card companies won't process your payments, so you won't be able to make money. But as you said, a lot of them are free anyway. I'll tell you what they shouldn't use, that Here Microsoft thing that just you uh, switch your webcam on and it tells you how old you are. <laughs> well, I've not heard about this. <laughs> it was like a craze for like a week. Everybody was trying it. Yeah, it just don't, a, don't use that. Was it, it, not, it, was was it not accurate? A, no. <laughs> How old did they think you were? I can't remember. Older, but it was it was just it was just wildly inaccurate. I either I said think, I think younger. I either said you were like eighty or it said you were like nine. <laughs> that could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Do you all remember what uh, the last service you had to age verify yourself for? Because you mentioned BBC iPlayer. Uh, the last thing I had to age verify myself for was an app called Borrow My Doggy. Oh, yeah. Which uh, I have yet to borrow a dog. But um, weird, well, not weird, but obviously I don't really mind if it got hacked and um, everyone found out which Labrador I borrowed. But um, <laughs> I had to get how K- were they doing that? I had to get KYC verified when I signed up for Monzo for a new yeah. bank account. Mm. And they do a little, like, you do a little selfie video. Yeah, and you want a bank card. And yeah. you take a picture of your... Um, like driver's license, and yep. then I think they use third party. There's a pretty successful British company called Onfido, which are really good at cable, like know your customer mm-hmm. software that they just um, license out to third parties like Monzo. I don't actually know if Monzo use them specifically, but it's that kind of service, um, it, which is why it surprises me that someone like that isn't being sort yeah, of contracted. Yeah, surely. But it's, it's just that the stakes are so much higher. There's loads of verification technologies out there. Like, like student verification is a huge, huge mm-hmm. market, but nobody really cares if their information is leaked. But porn, 
is it's almost a unique case in that the data is so uh, inflammatory, uh, so dangerous. Why don't they just not store the data? What? Why don't they just not save the data once you're age verified? That they don't. You don't need to then um, store all the browsing habits after that. Yeah, couldn't it be like what Apple do, where you know, if you know, if they wanted to unlock and read all your iMessages, they actually can't. Like the company actually can't do that. Yeah, end-to-end encryption. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But I suspect it's because of the th- Theresa May factor that they want to keep all the yeah, data. That, that's, oh, yeah, that true, is the problem, yeah, yeah. is that yeah, they, they, want they want that information and then they're kind of backdooring it through... So to speak. Um, the part of the... Um, <laughs> you couldn't help we, yourself. You I, so I well done. I couldn't help myself. Um, and the, Yeah, because well, part of it is is that the particular kind of pornography you look at is also relevant to this to this act. It's an act, isn't it? A bill yeah. until it's passed. Um, in that certain kinds of pornography have now been essentially outlawed by the same bill. It's a really weird bill as well, um, in that it covers things like workers' rights at Uber and uh, libraries doing e-books and stuff, and they put them all in the same bill with um, porn and stuff like that, which I think is quite indicative of how the government views technology. Well, they're probably just trying to bury it. Stick it it all in the same basket. Yeah, they still view technology as this sort of, you know, ancillary thing that exists, whereas really it controls everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Twitter, just to stick with the end... uh, yeah, uh, is probably going to be immune to this. It, you know, they've said we don't think we'll be able to apply this uh, uh, process to Twitter that they're too big. Yeah, uh, they don't have any age verification on um, uh, stuff you post. You know, they view it as sensitive, but you can. can but they, but like they don't allow sexually explicit imagery on Twitter anyway. I know stuff gets through, but yeah, it's it's not in principle. Be, they don't. but yeah. they basically have no filter do they no so. so it's another example of the big giants being too big to uh, to regulate yeah anyway it'll be fine <laughs> it's always fine isn't it it's always fine <laughs> it'll be okay uh, porn or scorn <coughs> always porn okay. definitely I don't know which one's the good one <laughs> no <laughs> I mean hopefully this gets introduced and uh, and it's and it will never can't, can't people just talk to their children yeah. Can't we just have education at school and parents talking to their children and, and saying to them, you know, before you develop a warped sense of your yeah. sexuality, let's have an actual conversation about it and maybe I'll look at what you're looking on the internet. Yeah. Because we're British. Scorn. Scorn. <laughs> Thanks for listening and thank you, David, for only making one joke yeah. in that well segment. <laughs> Good work. Proud of myself. Uh, thanks, everyone. That's your 40 minutes for this week. Hopefully, we'll be back next week to talk about tech. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast.